Welcome to the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. It is April 9th, 2018, and we're talking the new solo trailer. Check out our sponsor, SkywardFunSupply.com, from Funko Pops to three and three quarter inch figures, and all the way to six inch black series. SkywardFunSupply.com is your home for Star Wars toys. My name is Zach Weber. Tonight, I am joined by Mark. Hello, everyone. And Zanger. Sort, awesome, quippy Star Wars line here. There we go. All right, join us as we discuss this topic. Alrighty, Zenger is on the clock. That's why I did my micro machine voice to get through that intro. Zenger, please tell us before you have to go back to wherever insert Star Wars reference here. Job, uh, what did yes. you think of the solo trailer? Porg Knight actually nailed it on the head. My interest was immediately peaked when they were showing the Star Destroyer under construction, where they were lifting the command tower towards. It. I was like, "Oh, that's cool." So um, he tweeted at me that, and I'm like, "You nailed that on the head perfectly." Um, I Thought the joke about Chewbacca's age was funny. Uh, overall, it's I I, I want to see this kind of get it out of the way almost at this point. I just want to know is it good? Is it bad? Because the stuff I'm seeing for it's a mixed bag. I feel this is kind of like a colonoscopy for you. You just want to get it over with. It, it it is. Show me some Star Destroyer not in space, and I will instantly be like, yeah. And then afterwards, I'll just put together whatever else happens in this movie. All right, Mark. I liked it. It was uh, intriguing. As I was looking through, I just wanted to see who all the characters were, you know, trying to try to get an idea of the premise of the thing. I still have no idea as far as plot goes, but I, I think I have a general sense of what this movie is going to establish for Han as a character. We all know him as a smuggler. Uh, I think this will kind of establish that origin of, of that, um, but we'll see. Well, I'm getting the vibe from this, is that this feels like, again... This is Guardians of the Galaxy Light. That's what I'm feeling. I'm like, okay, you have a ragtag group of heroes. They're all criminals or seedy underbelly people. They come together for a heist or for the better good or whatever it is. Which, it's not bad, but it seems like that's just what we do now. Everything's a team-up movie. It's like, And like Zenger said, I'm getting a vibe from this. Um, I, Zenger, I saw Ready Player One. Uh, I, I'm not sure if you agree with me on this. And it, this connects to Solo. Ready Player One. Parzival, our main hero, is the least interesting character in Ready Player One. Would you agree? Yeah. I, I can honestly say that he's interesting, but he it's only a surface interest. All right. I have a feel because I know you've made a very big point when we discuss Solo on here. You say Han so you hope Han Solo will be the most or the least interesting aspect of this film. Yeah. I am getting that vibe from this. Every other character is going to outshine him. He's going to be the he's just gonna be our mandatory focal point, but he's not gonna be the one that steals any scenes. He's just gonna be he's just gonna be our he's gonna be our entry into this world. Yes. Wasn't Rogue One like this too as well? Like a team up buddy kind of film? Yes, and you could also make the argument that Jen Erso is the least interesting character in that film as well. So um, as I was looking through the trailer, there is Chewbacca embracing another Wookiee, so that's another yeah. interesting thing. Apparently, again, I, I did find it today. Mala is canon, so we are getting our we are getting our holiday special reference in here. Oh, it is. You found that? yes. Mala was I was correct. Mala. I know I've talked about it on the podcast before, but in aftermath, Empire's End, Mala is referenced by name. So we are we are getting Mala, 
and there's a good chance we might actually get Lumpy as well. Oh, nice! And and, uh, and then there was a the, uh, that one uh, character the uh, played by that African American woman. Uh, I saw that her name was revealed somewhere, but um, her name is Val, played by Val. Tandy Newton. We don't know her role in this, other than the fact that she's part right. of the team. Yeah. So, all right. So there goes my theory that this was going to be that person that on the comic books that was. That was, uh, you know, playing someone alleging to be Han Solo's wife named Sala. Uh, but we don't know exactly what her what, what her role is. Um, That's going to be in the sequel to Solo. Solo 2, Solo Harder. Right. <laughs> and then there's, uh, oh, then there was that one, uh, it looked like it was a bad guy in the, in the, uh, in the trailer. Yeah, like the a scary face. faced guy. Yeah, who, who's that? Who, who's that actor? Paul Bettany. The Vision. Oh, so Alright, so that, that's Paul Bettany. Um, wasn't he the He's, one? I thought... Wait, I thought he, he was, got replaced, or... No, that's... Uh, the original actor was um, Michael K. Williams, and he was a motion capture character, which was rumored to be... He was supposed to look like a lion. That's the rumor. He was supposed to look like a lion character, and um, he couldn't come back for the reshoots due to scheduling issues, and so they uh, recast him um, with Paul Bettany, who's going to play him as a scarred human. Uh, Nothing says Star Wars, like going from a lion creature... To a scarred human man, right? So who plays who plays the robot though? I'm, I'm assuming that's mocap as well. But. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know if it's mocap. I know it's voiced by um, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Who's that? I, <laughs> an actress. She's she, she's always done a handful of things. She's not a, a household name by any way, shape, or means. But Zanger, mm. cons- uh, what is? I know you like a star destroyer in the inner atmosphere. Is there any other insights or any unique perspective you can Yeah, hold on. I'm trying to slow this up because there's something I noticed that I wanted to point out. And I'm slowing the video down because I'm I'm watching it right now. Actually, there's one thing I'm going to voice a very hard-line opinion on. Uh Uh-oh. Hot take. Hot take incoming. That's not an ATST. Yeah, it's, a new, it's a new one. Yeah, they've. Yeah, I was like, day. I was like, so, so that, I like that. I was like, that 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 was cool seeing seeing the well, what will be described as probably some other type of variation on an ATST dropping down. Because I'm like, those didn't, ATSTs don't look like you can drop they're, them from any height. They're called. I think this is an ATDT. I'm pretty sure that's the name of it. Because there was All some sort of like defense transport. Sure, why not? Uh, no, but like there was something that was leaked today for like Hasbro leaked something about, or maybe it wasn't leaked. Um, cause like that new tie fighters called the heavy tie fighter. Um, oh yeah. Those tie fighters do look a little bit more squatty than normal. Yeah. They, they have an extra like a uh, pod on them. There's like a pod to like to the, if you're looking at, if you're looking at from, I guess, inside a tie to the left, there's like a pod. It's called the heavy tie fighter. I, I guess I guess tie bombers aren't good enough. Maybe this is the predecessor to a tie well, bomber. Who I mean, knows? this this is irritating because they're kind of going. It's like, why didn't the empire use these for this, that, and the other? But then now it's going to be retroactively pointed out that, um, oh well, they they were in these scenes, you just didn't see them, or they were in these battles, you just didn't see them. I don't know. Right. I think considering the fact this is the of the Disney era of Star Wars films, this film is taking place closest to the prequels. They, I think everyone's assuming this takes place roughly nine years after Revenge of the Sith, ten years prior to A New Hope. So this is definitely the most far removed from either the sequel, or I'm sorry, the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy of the new, of the new film canon. Which means we are not going to get this film ending with Han Solo walking into the Mos Eisley Cantina. 
<laughs> no, but there still is a chance of that Han Solo, Harrison Ford bookend Maz's Cantina. I still think that's how they're going to do all these movies. That's it's going to be Tales from the Cantina. But did you, but you see in the poster that they released, which I think is the most boring Star Wars poster ever made, that God, there are fires look stupid. <laughs> Indeed. Sorry, I got uh, a freeze frame of it, and it looks freeze dumb. frame. Uh, but no, if you look on the new poster release, you can see the dual sons of Tatooine. So we are going back to Tatooine in this film. We know. Okay, oh, I have a couple questions for you guys. Like as we know, we went. We had our very cynical. Well, well, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I wasn't done with 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 my one criticism. I got. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, Go ahead, like sir. Deep, Deep cut criticism. Please, um, deep cut. God, man, that I, I'm getting this. Sorry, I'm watching it at two at one fourth the speed. I've really got a good view of that tie. Good God. Um, Lando stuff. Um, okay. Everything I saw from so far, I, I'm I'm down with 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 what that is. So that's cool for me. Um, I don't like the look of the Falcon. I don't like that piece being in the middle of it. You know, in the front where it has that. Mm-hmm. piece there i don't like that being there it, it's it's just for some reason i'm so used to the iconic look of it that it having that blocked just it, i don't know aesthetically I, I don't i don't like it so you're telling me the radar dish just placed permanently upwards not bothering you but that is i, I noticed that too that 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 kind of is give or take but but having that chunk right there in the middle though there is a scene later on where the ship looks a lot more beaten up where it's flying over that um, the one village, it looks a lot more like dish out. I mean, blasted and beaten up. So well, I I don't that piece. I think if you look at a lot of the toys for this movie, they show that piece being like jettisoned off. So I think there might be a theory to this. This might be some sort of like escape pod or some sort of like uh, attachment to it that mm-hmm. that's there for more leisure ability or something for leisure. Or and they have to obviously jettison weight so they can go faster. Maybe I think there's going to be a point in this movie. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. You have to jettison weight to go faster in space and zero gravity. Oh, yes, but if you again think about it, if something weighs less, you still have. If you weigh less, you can move faster. I don't know. Maybe there's maybe that's how he jettisons his cargo with Jabba the Hutt. I don't know. I I was about to say, is this going to tie into Jabba the Hutt? Is that what I I can see it being something to carry extra cargo? Is is, it, is Jabba the Hutt supposed to be in this movie? Rumor, yes. Confirmed, no. Uh, what about Vader? Con- rumored, yes. Confirmed, no. But the rumors on that are getting more and more shaky. Where there's been rumors saying they deliberately and they took him out of the movie because they felt that that it was just it was low hanging fruit at this point to include him in every single movie. Who knows though? Jury is still very well out. Gotcha. But no, going back to Zanger's point, I think there's going to be a very deliberate scene in the film. I think it's going to be during the Kessel Run where they are going to be going through just the the mess of clouds. Um, something's going to happen whether with one of the creatures gets them or um, the Star Destroyer or the Tie Fighter, and they need something to jettison for whatever plot plot reason. And that and it's going to be gone forever, and that's why you never see it again. And obviously, Landon will make some coming like there goes my. Blah! I don't believe you just did that. And that's and that and that it's gonna be a joke. Like, oh, he's like he's like, well, you can go find it some some other day. Uh, so we know it never happens because to this day, they, that piece has never been in there. Like I guess I think every again, it's like even there's this scene in the in the trailer too where it shows um, uh, Woody Harrelson kissing Han Solo's blaster and giving it to him. 
I really hope it's not that contrived where he literally hands him the blaster. I just hope that the scene where he just he wants to see what Han Solo's quote unquote packing. I got, it's like what are you packing, kid? Han hands him the blaster and he kind of just checks it out. I really hope it's not him literally handing down the blaster. Mm-hmm. I guess really, like, like I'm getting like, even I can I don't know about you guys how much you've read on Twitter though, but it's getting really kind of sick with the Star Wars fans. One half of the fan base has already declared this the greatest Star Wars film ever made, while the other half has already declared it, it, it the whole the worst film of the saga. And we're still six weeks out from release. At least it was bad enough when these movies were getting those sort of quote unquote reviews or responses within the first weekend. The fact that now we're already deciding this is the greatest film ever made before anyone has seen it other than the producers. It's mm. like, oh God. This is a bad taste in your mouth. It wouldn't be Star Wars without people, you know, hyperventilating. That's that's all I'm gonna say. So I have an idea about how the plot's gonna work out for this, or at least I think this is gonna be a four act film. And tell me if I'm wrong here. I think the first act of the film, or there's going to be like a prologue. Prologue's going to be Han Solo and Kira on Corellia. Um, that's the plant where they're building the Star Destroyers. Uh, then we're going to have the first act is going to be Han Solo on Mimban, right. where he what? I, I I actually do need to go. Oh, okay. So, um, so uh, checking me out on my podcast every Monday, sing this, um, where we talk nerdy stuff every week. Um, also check out the. Podcast Collective. I'm a part of Dark Myths. We got some big stuff coming up that um, everyone should be interested in. And also uh, check out the Potter and Love Festival. That will be August. Uh, that will be in August. Um, details, of course, at pottern.love. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll be there. I'm going to probably be on at least two panels, maybe some more. So definitely check that out. Um, you guys have fun. Like I said, I'm sorry. I'm kind of jumping off, but uh, I we we tried to fit this record in, so I, I could at least get some some two cents in on this one. Thank you, sir. We'll see. We'll see you after Pot and Love in August. So, <laughs> so no, I'll, I'll be on again before that. But yes, um, Pork Knight, you were right. Star Star Destroyer being built over city had had me sold again. So there you go. Huzzah, Pork Knight. All right, peace. Bye, Zanger. See ya. All right. Now that we got okay, folks. Now that he's gone, we can probably talk real Star Wars. This is this is Star Wars after dark now, right, Mark? <laughs> right, exactly. This is this is the first time in Knights of Vader history or this this podcast history that it's just Mark and I. We can talk quick, about how quick. quick let's talk, let's 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 talk smack about Zinger before he comes back. I'm just kidding. Yeah, let's say things <laughs> about Zinger. Yeah, Zinger, Zinger. The porgs are awful. Zinger, porgs are awful. Team um, Silver Fox, Crystal Fox. Yeah, Team Crystal Fox. This is my idea about, I think, how the plot's going to break down for Solo. I think the the first part is going to be a prologue. I think we're going to see Han and Kira on Corellia as, I don't know, whether it be teenagers or maybe in their early... I guess they had to be teenagers. Then the first act of the film, I think it's going to be Han on Kessel or Mimban, where he's an Imperial person. I think he's going to be a mud trooper, because if you look at some of the toys of um han with the helmet off and what the mud trooper is supposed to look like they both are they wear the same outfit act two is going to be them planning this heist with with woody harrelson kira and all that third act is going to be the actual heist itself where they sit there and they do all the stuff i think that uh Emphis nest or empty nester as i like calling the, the character before which is now a female character Everyone's lost their mind over this. Apparently, we've never had a female character in Star Wars before, before Emphy's Nest. Um, wait, wait, who, who is, is this, this is supposed to be the villain? or? Uh, well, this is, this is the thing I wanted to bring up. 
Emphis Nest, or Emphis Nest, depending on how I'm just pronouncing it, I everyone's claiming is the villain of the film. I don't think Emphis Nest is entirely the villain. I think they're going to help um, Han Solo, Woody Harrelson, Kira, Lando, L3, Rio Durant. I think that uh, Emphis Nest and the Cloud Riders, I think their name is their gang, I think they're going to help them in this heist. I think something's going to happen during the film, which they're going to either betray Emphis Nest, and it's going to become it's going to be another like just person that dislikes Han Solo. Considering the fact, if you go back to that line from The Force Awakens with politics saying "There's nobody left in this galaxy for you to swindle, Solo," I, I think that's going to be the first person Han Solo swindles. Um, it could be a villain, but I don't think it's going to be either. It's not going to start off as a this this character is either not going to start off as a villain, or they're going to transition from villain into an ally for Han Solo. Gotcha. So they didn't show this em- emphasis on on the on the trailer, did they? Yeah, that's the person with like the the, the get up. It looks like like the the samurai shogun almost. Oh, shogun. okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And she's uh, the head gonna... of like a, a gang called the Cloud Riders. Oh, it's a girl. It's a woman. Yes, that that okay. was revealed. Through, that was revealed in the most subtle way possible. I think, like in, um, like like the oh god, I forget where it was. Something was revealed. It was like really subtle. It was like a character description. It wasn't made a big deal of. Yet the Star Wars, like I said, the Star Wars fan base made, made this like the biggest thing ever because there's apparently never been a female character in Star Wars before, <laughs> especially a villain, a female villain in Star Wars. That's never happened before. Poor Captain, right. poor Captain Phasma. It's so bad. It's again, it's horrible how we threw her under the bus so quickly. Um, I haven't, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't kept up with a lot of the rumors on on Solo. Mark, you're yeah. slipping. You're slipping. I know. And then, um, or I haven't kept up with the toy leaks either, except the Lego ones. But um, of, of course, well, so we uh-huh. keep up with Mark. So, so I think the third act is gonna be the heist, um, and then I think the epilogue is I cut. You're gonna have a um, again. Everything's gonna go well, or, or not go well, but everything. I think. I think Woody Harrelson is going to betray Han Solo along with Kira because there is that line that he says in the film or in the trailer. Woody Harrelson goes, never trust anybody. Um, clearly, that's the only person who says never trust anybody is a bad guy. A good guy never says that. Um, and then I think you're gonna, something's going to happen where either Kira dies. We, I, th- I think it's almost like a fait accompli that Woody Harrelson's going to die as the mentor. In Star Wars, the mentor always has to die. And then I think the epilogue of the film is going to be the infamous Sabacc game, where obviously there's going to be the game of Sabacc, and it's going to be played very similarly, uh, similarly to like Casino Royale with James Bond and the, the, the poker game. We're going to see all this. But I think the reason why I'm thinking this is that I think Han Solo is going to hustle Lando, because if you look in that trailer, there's a very early, it comes across as a very early scene in the film where he goes into like, I don't know whether it's a bar or a cantina. And Lando says, "You call, everything you've heard about me is true. I think that's going to be the first game that they play of Sabacc where Han Solo is going to lose very, very, very badly. And then by the end of the film, he's going to hustle Lando and beat him. Because he's going to convince, obviously, Lando that he's really bad at this game. And Lando's going to bet the, the, the Falcon. And then we're going to sit there. He's going to win the, the Falcon from him that way by hustling Lando, which is going to obviously lead to the famous line from Empire, where Han says, whoa, 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 I want her fair and square. So, I guess, I, I think that's how the movie's going to play out. It's, it's going to be very by the numbers. It's going to be a very safe film. 
I don't think there's any to be any massive reveals. Um, I think the biggest reveal we could potentially get is Boba Fett. I, I think he's he has to. If there is going to be a Jabba, I don't know how you don't throw Boba Fett in here, even if he's just kind of in the background of a scene. He doesn't have to be. A, he doesn't have to be Vader in Rogue One, but I think you you do not make this film without sprinkling some Boba in. Yeah, I don't. I don't really see any surprises there. We may just see. I think the only surprises will be, you know, how Chewie met uh, Han, Castle Run, and how he got the Falcon, and how it becomes the Falcon that we know, and of how it looks like now. Because, you know, I'm, I'm like ninety nine percent sure they're going to show that. That they're going to show how the Falcon uh, that we have seen in the trailers. How how it gets that look that it, you know that we all know and love. But, yeah, I think um, so. I I, I think I think this movie's gonna be because I said in the beginning. I think this is gonna be Guardians of the Galaxy light. I, I think it's it's gonna be the exact same thing. You have an unlikely group of people come together for a mission, and then over the course of the film, they decide they're gonna splinter apart because one's gonna betray the other, or one does something to sit there do this. Like I said, it's also worth noting that in all the scenes we see of the Kessel Run, there is no Woody Harrelson. It's right. it's Land, it's Lando, Kira, Chewie, and I think that's it. I don't even think you see L three three seven or Rio Durant, who we've not seen. Is John Favreau's character, the little alien with like four arms? Now, hey, it's who, interesting. We've not seen who's John. Which character is it? Okay, he was in, he was in like a tra- like the, I think the first trailer. It's like the alien with four arms. It's the character that John Favreau, the filmmaker. An actor, he, that's a character oh, okay. he's voicing. Gotcha. Rio Durant. Uh-huh. Someone, someone uh, really likes the the band uh, Duran Duran, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess I think that uh, there's been no mention of that character really. There's been, like, I think, like one shot. And I, other than that, it's been all toy reveals. Right. So I don't know. Like I guess I, I'm just getting a vibe that like every single Star Wars movie now is just going to be like before it was like oh every Star Wars movie is going to be X. Now it's going to be oh it's a group of of uh, colorful characters that aren't going to mix well initially that come together for an overall goal mission that benefits all of them, and then oh then just something happens where they either get split apart through different means. Like I said, it's going to be varied by the numbers. I think it's not going to be like the Force Awakens. Where it's like, oh my lord, we're gonna just—it's gonna be a retread of the narrative and themes that we already explored. But it's gonna be that's like every movie now is a team-up movie. That's just everything now. Every movie has to have all these different characters. We can't just have a Han Solo movie where Han Solo and Chewbacca go on a mission, like like we like them capturing Rathars and then transporting Rathars to somebody. Like we'll never get that as a thing. We have to have a larger-than-life mission where. Somebody's backstory is explained. We just can't have a fun galloping romp. It has to be okay. We have to explain everything in the process. Well, I mean, kind of, but well, I think it's, I it's the it's, it's the marvelization of everything. Everything now has to bend to the Marvel template. Well, I mean, Rogue One, you know, kind of had all this ragtag team come together, but they didn't exactly explain everyone, each and everyone's backstory. Well, because there's no backstory to be had in that movie. Like when ninety nine percent of the people that walked into that film had no idea who those characters were. Right. No one um, walked into that movie saying, "I'm dying to know the backstory to Drax the Destroyer." That's true. I think this is the marvelization of everything. I, just, I guess and it's just the whole idea. It's like everything now is. I guess I think about that. Like Star Wars was like the original shared cinematic universe. You had three films where everything was connected. The books, for the most part, were connected outside. Like, and every once in a while, there was some um, glaring continuity errors. But unless you really were steeped in the lore, you didn't know any of it. 
or you didn't notice how glaring the continuity error was. And then the prequels obviously tied in perfectly to the original trilogy. And then now yeah. it's just like, oh, then it's like, again, everyone gives Marvel the credit for doing this. It's like, no, Star Wars did this originally. Or at least Star Wars did it the most successfully before Marvel, which now is, again, that's Marvel's bread and butter is that everything's connected. Right. It's all connected. So, like I said, so, so like I said, my, my, like I said, everyone's losing their mind over this trailer. This is the greatest trailer that's ever been done. It's the greatest Star Wars poster that's ever been done until the next poster that happens. Um, that's, 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 that's nothing. Like I said, the sad thing, these movies are fine. They're, they're perfectly serviceable entertainment, though. I think it's just the fan base that's just so annoying. Oh, yeah. it's, it's just like everything is hyperbolic. Every, like I said, if I saw it once, I've seen it a hundred times in the last 24 hours. It's the greatest Star Wars poster ever made. Which, again, the Rogue One poster was the greatest Star Wars poster ever made. And then the Last Jedi poster was the greatest poster ever made. And it's like, folks, like you can like something without making it or crowning it the best. Like You can just say, oh, I really like this poster. I like the color, I like the color palette they use. Or I like how they arrange the characters. You can say that. It, does, it doesn't have to diminish what came before it. Like I said, if I saw this trailer was awesome one more time, it was like, oh my god, people, th- be more creative in your descriptions. It doesn't hurt. And the sad thing is that when this movie comes out, it'll be everyone will go nuts over it. It'll be the like the one thing I have to say, even though as we've discussed very heavily on this podcast about the Last Jedi backlash, it was genuinely refreshing to have a Star Wars movie come out or any part piece of Star Wars media to come out, and it wasn't automatically quote. Greatest Star Wars film since Empire, end quote. Like, it was genuinely refreshing to have people actually debating the quality of a Star Wars movie, not just automatically uh, this putting praise on it for really no merits. Right. Getting off my soapbox. Okay, Mark, do you want to stand on the soapbox now, or do you want me to just chuck it? I think the fan base needs to calm down a little and stuff. and Because also, when you get all hyperbolic and stuff, you're, you're starting to create high expectations and then the movie isn't doesn't meet those high expectations you're gonna feel disappointed i i guess um, I, I agree with you there it's just the whole idea it's like you think people it's like i guess someone was tweeting today saying like oh because there, there's no diminishing returns for excitement for a new star wars movie but there are for like new toys and i'm like well isn't that one in the same it's like it's the whole idea of the hype machine it's like that's how a lot of these movies now build their their opening weekend buzz is based off the hype machine. And it's like if people aren't excited to buy the toys, that means they're not as excited about the movie as they once were. And or, or they could be. Like again, it's always like, oh man, like that was always one of the biggest things behind Star Wars was getting excited for the new toys, because the toys always came out like a month before the movie. Obviously, um, Force Awakens, Last Jedi being an exception to that rule, because those toys came out like three or four months in advance. But it's just like if you're not as excited about the product launch, and that's such a huge facet of Star Wars being like like a hardcore fan, that obviously means there is a diminished excitement or anticipation of the new film coming out. Like, people, what are we gonna do when we're on the fourth film of the Game of Writers film series, which comes out like in 2029? Like, we are not gonna be as excited about it. Like when they release the poster for that movie, it's just gonna be like anything else. It's like, oh, cool, they released a the poster. Next. It's like there is going to be that level of diminishing return, but that's that's not fair to leap or heap that on the Han Solo movie because that has not disappointed us yet or hyperbolized us yet. 
I just know it. It's gonna happen. It, I mean, we saw it with uh, we saw it with the Last Jedi when like you saw people, uh, you know, you had the world premiere and you saw uh, you know people tweeting out stuff, you know, and so it really kind of started gin up some really you know excitement and, and high expectations and. And then comes the weekend when it comes out, and some, you know, like some people in the fan base were disappointed. Uh, it wasn't what you know they had envisioned in mind, and it's just well, like. Well, Mark, I want to ask you this: Do you, th- after what happened with um, Luke Skywalker in the Last Jedi, do you think we're going to see a similar thing with um, this film and Alden Ehrenreich's uh, portrayal of Han Solo? Do you think we're going to have that same level of just hatred? In contempt for a portrayal of the character that the man babies don't approve of. Well, the thing is, you know, looking at judging from the things I've read, um, people have already kind of lowered their expectations uh, for this film. Um, Are Star Wars fans even capable of lowering their expectations for a Star Wars film? Is that even within the realm of possibilities? Well, I mean, now that the Last Jedi came out and some of these, uh, yeah, some of these man babies, you know, but, got loud and vocal for their disappointment. But, but but you could say the same thing about during the Phantom Menace. If, if what we're led to believe is true about the release of the prequels, everybody walked out of the Phantom Menace with seething hatred and went to the box office and demanded their money back. And they demanded it back so hard the film made four hundred like thirty million dollars in nineteen ninety nine. Um, and then Attack of the Clones came out. Everybody hated that movie so much it made three hundred million dollars in two thousand two. And then everybody was so angry and frustrated and demoralized. They hated. They 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 did not go to the Revenge of the Sith movie so much that it made eighty million dollars more than Attack of the Clones did in two thousand um, and five. All you hear about is the fact that everybody like you hear like Pat and Oswalt talk about like in nineteen ninety nine everybody walked out of the Phantom Menace and hated it. Instantaneous hatred for it. And like I said, a movie does not make four hundred thirty million dollars in nineteen ninety nine if everybody hated it. Like that is that is somebody projecting their feelings onto the masses and then like 2002 yes there was a there was a considerable drop off from phantom menace to um attack of the clones grosses but still 300 million dollars in 2002 is was ma- it's massive now it was massive then like if a movie makes 300 million dollars today that's a lot of money think about 15 years ago and then revenge of the sith made 80 million dollars more than attack of the clones and by that point Again, if you believe the the hyperbolic rhetoric from the man babies, there was their their expectations were below rock bottom. So it's like, and, and again, everyone's. I love how I keep seeing all these articles saying the Last Jedi is the most divisive film in the Star Wars saga. And I'm like, did, did anybody even remember the prequels? Like, think about it. Like, as of 2016, well, they were the most hated films in cinematic history. If you went on the internet, no, there's just worse than that. But, but. You know, it's funny because, um, but the prequels didn't generate a lot of, uh, you know, dislike. There wasn't a whole lot of talk about massive dislike of it until like a couple years later. So, you know, and that's only because you had a lot of like loud vocal man babies on the internet, you know, about it. But uh, well, that's the thing about those. Like the the dislike for the the, the, the prequels was never it did not come to a head until Red Letter Media, which is we've stated numerous times at this point was that that Phantom Menace review really gave the prequel haters a, a platform to argue with, or not, not a platform. It gave them an argument to really sit there, throw at people. Because again, that, that review is very well made. 
Um, it's very concise. It's it's to the point, and, and all of its arguments are bite sized. Like I said, Mark, you should watch it at least once, just so you always, you just you get a feeling of it. Um, I, do, I tried do, watching it, but it, just, it was just like so dumb afterwards. And I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna go read that. 108-page response. I've stuff. read the 108-page response, and that guy is not wrong. That guy, it, that guy is not wrong. He can, he makes some, he has some pretty, uh, uh, he makes some large, some um, oh my lord, large leaps, but he's not wrong. Like I said, Red Letter Media is uh, the more and more you watch that review, there are more holes in their um, takedown of the Phantom Menace than in the actual film itself. But no, so like I, I don't know because like I, I would imagine the Man Babies don't like anything. That's not again. They want Harrison Ford in like like vaudeville makeup to look like a twenty year old. That's what they want. Like they do not want anything short of that. Having another actor portray Han Solo, I think it's going to be the exact same level as contempt, unless they do some. Like that was the beauty and brilliance of Rogue One. Was that like nobody walked into Rogue One with any sort of expectations? Like there was no expectations of that film because it was all new characters except for. A sprinkling in of Tarkin, Vader, and Leia. In right. Mon Mothma. But I don't think anyone's going to argue over the portrayal of Mon Mothma. And so yeah. you have that, though. And then, like, immediately Lucasfilm's like, nope, we're going to reverse course and go right back to Nostalgiaville. And it's like, no. It's like, it's like, like Rogue One's the movie that you expect. Like, Rogue One is kind of like the equivalent of Guardians of the Galaxy for Marvel. It took Marvel six years to make that film. And it's like Disney, or I'm sorry, Lucasfilm did that, did their really ambitious branch-off film as their second one out the gate. And yet now it's like, oh, quick, now we got to retreat. And yes, Rogue One has nostalgia so high on it. It's like it's just piled on. But overall, the film works because it is trying to do something new, even if it has very nostalgic elements to it. So you don't think the man babies are going to be upset over Han Solo? Nah, uh, well, it's really hard to predict. Sometimes a base could be uh, the fan base could be unpredictable. On the one hand, you have people that knowing that they're going to come in to, with lower expectations. Uh, but I don't, I don't think and, people are though. Like, I, 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 not like, general audiences don't care. They're, they're again, they're going to no, pay no, no. and see this. I'm not but talking like, about. I, I'm not talking about the general. I'm talking about you know the hardcore bit, the fans, because you could say the same thing about um, the Last Jedi that you know outside of the. Hardcore fans, a general audience, they enjoyed the film, you know. But then you got. The, Go ahead, sorry. But no, 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 I didn't mean to cut you off. But the problem though is that it's that stupid Rotten Tomatoes score, of The Last Jedi, is really it's doing the same thing that the um, what happened to the prequels, like Red Letter Media did to the prequels. It's like everybody now goes like I was watching some video, and even though it's made by a site that has a lot of Last Jedi hatred. Um, it's like they point to the fact because it, it, it's called Midnight's Edge. I really like when they do coverage on like different like Hollywood like production stories and stuff. And they were talking about like all the controversies with Solo, like with Lord and Miller and um, Lawrence Kasdan. And they get to like and, and they are rather vehemently anti Last Jedi. I think that's kind to call them that. But really? like they're talking and they're talking about it and like they mention the article. It's like oh the Rotten Tomato and, and they're usually pretty good because they're they're pretty objective. When they do like their like mini documentaries, it's usually when they do like their roundtable discussions where they get much more subjective in their conversations and how they present information. But like when they're in their mini docs, they're they're rather objective. But like when they get to last, the last Jedi part, like there is a diminished return in the fan base. Fans absolutely despise the last Jedi. Look at the Rotten Tomatoes score, and it's like as as a podcast, it's made a very big point of going into the 
they're delving into the cesspool that is the user reviews of the Last Jedi on Rotten Tomatoes. Most of those reviews are fake. It's like they are That's they are they're, they're, they're spam. Like you can write a computer program that does that, folks. It's like it's not like someone some some guy with a with a beard down to like his navel is sitting there. Or I'm sorry, a neck beard down to his navel. Um, it's like sitting there like copy and pasting the same review over and over again. It's not that archaic. It's like if you want, like if you're, like, I don't know why you'd be that bored or that angry at a movie. Like, so I, as everybody knows, my my um, content for Jurassic World, I would never do that to Jurassic World, even though how much I hate that film. But like I said, I, I think there's no pleasing these people because they, for some reason, they're convinced that if they get rid of Kathleen Kennedy, it's going to fix everything. Like, like for some reason, they think like these movies mm-hmm. are going to make a ton of. I have to say, I think like you could fit. Like if you took all the hardcore Star Wars fans out of the out of the box office, you maybe would lower the box office maybe thirty million dollars. I, I I think that's what it comes down to. So like you take every hardcore Star Wars fan and you pluck them out of a move uh, out of one of those of uh, the modern era. I I can't discuss the prequels or the original trilogy, but like, I think if you took them out of the grosses, I think it's maybe thirty million dollars. I do not think like you disenfranchise those people. You're not going to lose anything major. No, you don't. And that's why I think it is. But they're convinced that they keep quote unquote whining about this that they're going to get what they want. Like, I, I clearly Lucasfilm is on the progressive train when it comes to these films. Like, they are not going to turn that around unless like one of these movies just outright bombs. Right. Like, like, that's never. They they are never going to get what they want. Like Kathleen, the only way Kathleen Kennedy gets fired is if she outright makes a horrible decision, like just plows the ship directly into the iceberg or the proverbial mm. iceberg, which I, I she's too smart for that. Like, like again, say you might not like her creative decisions, but the woman's not by any stretch dumb. She knows what she's doing when she's managing the company. Like I think it's, I think at this point that's more that'll probably be more fun to watch is the the fan base's reaction to this film. Probably mm-hmm. more than the film because there's more to chew on there, right? Or maybe that's just me being cynical. Who knows? Eh, I mean, I I think it's gonna be uh, interesting to see it when it comes when you know when the when the thing finally hits theaters. That's for sure. So. All right, Mark. Is there anything else you want to talk about this trailer? Any other uh, moments? We didn't talk. We didn't spend much discussing this trailer overall. We kind of spent more time just hitting overall broad topics. But is there anything specific you'd like to discuss? I saw the trailer. I have not been following a lot of like, you know, leaks, rumors, and whatnot as of late with Solo. Because one of the one of the reasons we just had the Last Jedi in the five months now. Here we go again with another Star Wars film. So here and we plus go. I, I've, and I've got other, uh, yeah, I've got other uh, hobbies as well that I've been partaking in. I think that should be the tagline on the poster for like every Star Wars movie, like from here on out. Star Wars or blank. A Star Wars story, and underneath, here we go again. <laughs> yeah, we should do that definitely. That, that should be on every single poster from now on. It's just, it's just like a very like dry, tired. Here we go again. <laughs> I haven't been following the toy leaks either, so. Well, this is what I wanted to ask you, Mark. Uh, Wookie Weekend is this weekend, or as we've already discussed, it might not be because Toys R Us was the only company that actually did events for this, and now that they're more or less done. Are you planning on buying anything this Wookiee weekend? Probably not. No, like I said, I'm, only, I'm, I'm mostly focusing on sequel trilogy collecting, uh, not on like the side stories. Don't you think that? What about Walmart and Target though? Aren't they going to have some 
they have the toys out, but they're not. Well, okay, the beaten. Okay, another thing when it comes, as Mark said, he hasn't been following this. Um, all the solo merchandise is street dated uh, April thirteenth. Yet it seems that very few of the retailer chains are actually following that. I know in many instances people are walking out with the Black Series figures on clearance, the new ones for five bucks, because for some reason they're either under a different skew or in Target's case a DPCI, which is their version of a skew. Um, so people are walking out with like all the new figures for like five bucks each that normally retail for around twenty bucks. The, the new so, solo ones, or yep, because what's happening is that the Target's trying to clearance all the Last Jedi stuff, so it's all like five bucks a piece. And what and the problem is that all these stores are getting shipments of solo stuff, but Target ha- some stores have not updated their um, price in their inventory back to twenty dollars. So people are literally walking out of like Target of like all the new figures for five bucks each. Oh wow! Yeah, I was at so, yeah. Walmart this weekend, and yeah, they haven't been restocking uh, the Last Jedi stuff. Well, and, that's it. Yeah. people are also finding these things on shelves and they're just taking them because there's no street date, and then just so like a lot of people, if there was a a Star Wars event, kind of like Force Friday, or I don't know whatever they had for Rogue One, they didn't call it Force Friday, they call it Go Rogue Friday or something. If there was an event like that, um, you'd be very disappointed because chances are somebody else probably bought all the figures like a week, two weeks ago already. So like this is one, I guess it is another instance where it's it's pretty obvious that Disney Lucasfilm just doesn't care because there's not that much. Like If we go back to our um, Force Awakens history where if you post, where um, one person actually got banned off facebook for posting a picture of a toy uh, we are a long ways away from that sort of behavior i i haven't seen any toy any toys that that have been going out early like i said i just passed by the star wars section at walmart and it's pretty cleared out right now so i'm guessing they're getting ready for solo stuff um i'm ready to see the lego sets though so that's my thing so well, I think I think I think I think we should. I want everyone to. Um, even though everyone's going to be hearing this in a couple of days, but I think we all want. I think if you're hearing this, we. I want you to tweet to Mark at Mark Fan Patriot. Buy the Kessel Run Millennium Falcon. Mark needs another Lego Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Pork Knight, I know you're listening to this. Tweet to Mark. Buy the Kessel Run Millennium Falcon. He needs it with the little radar dish sticking upwards. He needs that version of it. Yes, I I definitely need the version of it. Damn, damn straight. <laughs> all right, but yeah, like I said, going back to what Mark was saying, um, I, I I've all I think I've made I think I've said this already before. Um, I always love the product launches for new Star Wars merchandise. Uh, this is the first time ever I have no intention on buying anything. First and foremost, I am running out of room to put stuff. Like I am literally just running out of room for Star Wars stuff. And number two. It's the whole idea is that if I just wait like two months, it's all gonna be on clearance for like five bucks. So why spend twenty dollars if you're willing to wait? You can you can spend a fraction of that. And then on top of it, I don't see anything. There's no really designs in this film that make me go, oh wow, I must need this. I, I in all honesty, if they had like a sing- another thing that bothered me too is that I love the Hasbro figures, like three and three quarter inch ones. There's no single carded um, Han Solo figure. You have to either buy the Millennium Falcon, the Force Link kit. Or the Han Solo speeder, if you want a Han Solo figure, they're not doing a single-carded figure, which I think is stupid. Or it's not stupid, it's just a very cynical money grab. To buy another Chewbacca, it's like, I, I have too many Chewbaccas as it is. Like, I never thought I'd, I'd, I'd live to a point in my life where I'd say I have too many Chewies. But unfortunately, I, I have reached that bridge and I have to cross it. 
this movie's going to make a ton of money. I think the, the box office projections are around at $150 million. Um, I, I, I said I, it depends on Deadpool 2. And never mind this movie. This is, it's also worth knowing. This is going to be the first Star Wars film that comes out during the summer since, since the prequel era. Or I guess since uh, The Clone Wars 2008. So like, this is going to be interesting to see because you have Deadpool 2 and then you have Solo. Then like two weeks later, it's um, what The Incredibles and then it's Jurassic World. So this movie's going to really have to make a lot of money in two weeks, or else it's it's going to be a very low-grossing film, never mind the the seismic, titanic-sized hit that uh, Infinity War is going to be. That's just going to suck the air out of the box office for a while. Right. That's that's what I'm thinking as well. There's, folks, that's the fun thing about being a Star Wars fan now, is that it used to be fun discussing the movies. Now it's more fun discussing the context and the in the world that these movies are released in that is infinitely more interesting than i think the actual films themselves mm-hmm. and i want i also want mark i want to know mark's opinion on this because uh, we know mark's probably gonna buy the visual dictionary and the art of book that comes out the day of release i want mark to i want mark to check this once he buys that book come may 25th when you get that art of han solo book mark I want you to see that in every single instance where Lord and Miller's names is referenced, if there's actually like a black Sharpie over their name. Like I like the magic marks opening the book like at Barnes and Noble. He's like, wait a second, somebody marks markered up this book I got. In nearly every single instance of Lord and Miller's name, Kathleen Candy went through every single copy with a black Sharpie marker and crossed their name, like redacted every their name every single time it came up in one of those books. Actually, I may only just get the visual dictionary and not the what? art. Of For the spinoffs, I mainly just gotten the because uh, I, I did this with Rogue One. I just got the uh, the visual dictionary. Oh, jeez. Well, well, Mark, when you go to the Barnes and Noble to pick them up or wherever you do, you have to go check for us. All right, I will. Like, like nobody, like everyone was really like, like I want, I, I have like an inside scoop right here. Like, I want to let everyone know. I got a special like rumor report from Lucasfilm that they ordered like. Like three tons of like Sharpie black markers, and like <laughs> nobody's seen Kathleen Kennedy in weeks. Like all I keep hearing her is like, like she has like like, like they, they all I keep hearing is someone like scra- like like a marker scraping on like glossy paper. And for some reason, every single copy from the publisher of the Art of Han Solo book was delivered to her office, and, and nobody knows. She just locks her herself in her office for like hours on end now, and you just hear eek as like the plastic felt like touches the paper. It's like eek. And so when you get your copy of Solo, uh, The Art Of, it's going to have black marks every single time. When there's no word yet if she's going to cross out their names and write Ron Howard in or um, Richie Cunningham or Opie. At the very least, there's going to be a black mark where, where their names are. <laughs> that, was my, that was my poor attempt at humor. Is there anything else you want to discuss before we end this conversation? You, you touched on it, though. Box office projections. Oh, uh, box office projections. Uh, the current the current ones are opening weekend 150 million. I think that again, that's a, that's not really much of a projection because it's exactly what Rogue One did. So it's, it's it's a shot in the dark. It's just it's the only other really sort of concrete number to base any sort of projection off of. Um, I could definitely depending on again, it all depends on Deadpool two and right. the, the, in the TV spots and marketing because usually most of these films don't really start to blitz out their advertising until. Two we- usually in the summer, you usually don't get a marketing blitz until two weeks out, um, which is going to be right after the hoopla for Infinity War starts to um, curb a little. So I think – I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's lower than 150. Like I, I, would, I would expect a, a grow, an opening weekend. Again, I could be wrong. 
Um, I would expect around 120 million. Again, it depends on Deadpool. Deadpool is really the. It depends on the quality of Deadpool. As, as, as anyone who follows those rumors, Deadpool 2's quality is all over the place. It depends on who you listen to. It's either the greatest comic book film ever made, or um, it's it's worse than Justice League, the comedy. Well, again, I guess unintentional comedy in Justice League's case. So I, it depends. So again, if Deadpool 2 is a worthy follow up to the first one, then Solo is in big, big trouble, especially after the seismic opening of um, Infinity War. If, if Deadpool underwhelms or underdelivers, then I think it's fine. I think 150 is 100% doable. Um, I do not see this film making anywhere close to even like past $450 because I think once, you, once Incredibles 2 opens up, this film is going to hit a very concrete wall. Um, because think about it, the movie theater, again, there's only so many screens in a movie theater. Like Infinity War is going to play forever. Deadpool as an R-rated film is going to probably play a little bit longer than your normal PG-13 fare. Um, and then Incredibles 2 opens up, then you have Jurassic World, and plus there's Ocean's 8, which I, Ocean's 8 is apparently very, is, is very well made from the rumor mill that's going on. That's what the rumor mill yeah, suggests you, right now. You know, I saw the trailer for that film. I don't know. I didn't really think there was anything special to it. It sounded like it's, some, it's like some play. like. Sorry, I was just gonna say it no. sounded like a, like basically, I don't know how to describe like a female Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, um, I mean, I haven't seen Ocean. I, I, I know it's a, it's like a heist, like a like a heist film. Well, um, yeah, it's 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 an it's an Ocean's film. But it had like very. Is it supposed to be comedic? Or? Yeah, that's those. It, it's a comedic heist film. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't appeal to me. But well, you know, it's but it's it's. I don't think it's trying to appeal to you. It's trying to do a Pitch Perfect or a Bridesmaids. That's what yeah. That's what it is. It's trying. I'm not trying to say that it's only for women. It's not. That's not the case. You don't spend how much millions of dollars on a movie just to get women. I'm not saying that. But I think it's trying to be a a breakout comedy. Or again, it's not a comedy. It, again, it, it, it's a comedic heist film. It's trying to be that of the summer. Like it's 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 that's what it's, that's the niche it's trying to fulfill, or not niche, but market segment. And I think between right. June is very crowded this year, just like May is, or May was until well, again, you know, Avengers is coming out at the end of April. It's gonna it's gonna make a nice amount of chunk of its change in May. But like I said, I think it's gonna hit a brick wall between. Uh, I'm sorry, Solo is between Ocean's Eight. Uh, Jurassic World and The Incredibles. Never mind. By that time, it's going to be done by July. I would be I, shocked if it's still playing by July. But. I, I don't. I don't think Solo has to worry about Ocean's Eight. I think they're pretty in separate categories. I know mm, that. Not when it comes to the. I, I think about when a movie is released in the summer. Every movie is trying to compete for the same audience. I don't get me wrong. These movies are all going to make money. Right. That's not the issue. It's the issue of how much money. Because there's only so many. There's only think about. It. People can only go to the movies so many times. It's like, and think about it, like if you want to go, like the whole point of the summer movie season is that you want to go. Like it's very rare for a summer film to be very leggy, and that it, it it play. Like think about like Jumanji. Like Jumanji only made like thirty million dollars its opening weekend back in December, but it eventually grossed over three hundred million because it played well over the weeks. And that's what it is. There's not during the holiday season. There's not a ton of movie huge blockbusters opening every week. There's smaller films like there's like horror movies. There's um, stuff like The Greatest Showman where it's like it's not a blockbuster, but it's not a small movie either. It's kind of in the middle. There's things like that. Though. But I'm looking at the box office calendar right now. Like 
um, June eight, June first is um, nothing really to get excited about. June eighth is Ocean's Eight. June fifteenth is The Incredibles Two, which is going to be big. There, there goes your kid audience. Any any kids who haven't seen Solo by June fifteenth, they're not seeing Solo in theaters. Mm-hmm. And then June twenty second is Jurassic World. By June twenty second, Han Solo better make made all the money it intends on making because it's going to hit if, again. If Incredibles doesn't do it. It's going to be, and plus two. There's think about it, Disney's marketing dollars then shift away from one film to the other. Again, you're not, you're not going to promote two movies at the two movies with the same amount of marketing gusto at once. Right. Real quick, um, when did the last Incredibles movie come out? Two thousand four. And and now we're getting number two in twenty eight, which picks up exactly where the first one left off. You really think there's going to be a lot that, that there's going to be oh, a lot yeah. of hype for it? Um, like Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo made like three hundred and fifty million dollars in two thousand three, and then um, when the sequel came out in two thousand sixteen, it made like four hundred and something million dollars that summer. That that's a leggy blockbuster, right? And that's and that's what it comes down to is that you have a lot of times. It's um, yeah, Finding Dory was the second highest grossing film of two thousand sixteen. It made four hundred eighty-six million dollars that summer, wow. and that movie came out thirteen years after the first one. And much like The Incredibles, this one's opening fourteen years after the original. Like I don't know. Like Finding Finding Nemo lends itself more to um, kids, or it's more kiddie. It sells more toys than The Incredibles did. I think just the whole idea of is that think about it, you had a whole generation of people grow up with The Incredibles, and now they have their own kids, and they're nostalgic for that brand. And plus, The Incredibles is one of Pixar's most popular films. I didn't really think kids' films like these could be so, so grabbing, you know? Oh, yeah. Because think, because a lot of these movies now are made for both adults and children. And that's what it is. Like, some of them, like, other, some of them more than others. But think about Incredibles has that built-in fan base. Whereas, like, something like Coco didn't. Like, Coco did well, but it didn't do as well as they probably hoped it would have. Um, or, like, Moana. It's just like these movies do well; they just don't do exceedingly well. And I think Incredibles is poised to do exceedingly well. It de- right. That's another film. It depends on how well. Again, if Jurassic World gets really bad reviews, and then people are like, uh, again, I can think about it. There's also the law of diminishing returns. People already like Jurassic World, the first one. Everybody got their dino fix. Like seeing that again, it's like, oh, okay, been there, done that. Like again, it could be. I I don't know, but I do not think Solo is going to be groundbreaking. Especially, again, if, if we didn't have like an, like if the first movie of the summer was like Ant Man and the Wasp, then I said, yes, this solo is poised to have to, to really kind of just break loose box office wise. But considering the fact that Infinity War, especially after the record breaking release of, of Black Panther, it's like there's really no way Infinity War loses. Right. The, the I... question of Infinity War is how high can it go? And then you have Deadpool. Like if Deadpool's come again, Deadpool's also is just really weird left field monkey wrench that can really upset Solo's groove. Right. And it depends on how good Solo is. So so if Solo is just a very middle of the road blockbuster that, that plays it safe, it's just a fun action caper, fine. But if it if it's I guess I don't think anyone's expecting Solo to really break any new ground. It's just it's the most cynical prequel you could probably think of for the Star Wars brand. Other than maybe Boba Fett or Yoda, right? This Let's is hope gonna it be, makes money. Yeah, let's just hope it makes enough money and enough that you're not gonna see dumb headlines. You know, they're pretty much clickbait. I think it's, I'd say. 
I think it's right. safe to say that it makes less money. I think it's 100% safe to say that it makes less money than um, The Last Jedi and even Rogue One. I've been wrong before, but keep in mind, I did win. I did. I am the bot. This is where we need Jim. We need Force Ghost Jim. I am the king of box office prognostication. I, I won 10 posters one summer, and they had to stop having the contest because of me. All oh, right. Yeah. Yes, you've heard that story before. I know I told you that story. I think, I, yeah, I remember you telling me that story. That that's that's one of my crowning achievements. Like that's gonna be marked on my tombstone. Uh, Box right. office prognosticator. So concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at KOV Podcast. Check out SkywardFunSupply.com for all your toy needs. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. For questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, contact me, Zach, on Twitter at Rogue Knight. K-N-I-T-E. Where can people find you, Mark? Uh, you can find me at MarkFanPatriot. And remember, folks, you have to tell him, buy the Kessel Run Millennium Falcon. I want you to spam, Mark. Like, Do what people did for The Last Jedi on Rotten Tomatoes. I want you to create Twitter bots, and I want Mark's like DMs and notifications flooded with buy the Kessel Run Millennium Falcon. Tell him you'll threaten, you'll, you'll boycott his sponsors. Whatever it takes, he needs to buy the <laughs> Kessel Run Millennium Falcon this Wookiee weekend. <laughs> All right, deal. Goodbye, everybody. All right, have a good night.